Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on iTunes, and this whole podcast will sort of be about iTunes in a way, Brian. Uh, Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, and uh, Almighty Baller Radio. But, Brian, this is a special heck, episode. Heck of a teaser, Mike. You really. <laughs> you, you, brought, you got your CBS uh, mic, and you're, you're ready to. To drop some tricks to the trade on everyone. So what we're going to do today is, I don't know if you know, but there's no basketball. So uh, yeah. we figured we would have a little fun. And this is sort of for some new listeners. If you don't, if you haven't really listened to us before, there's a couple of things that we normally do. Uh, one is to sort of play a game called Killer Comparisons, which is essentially um, comparing, taking a subject, let's say, you don't need to explain what killer comparisons I'm is every you, people, time people we do. People want to know. Nobody, and it's always different every time. So it really, sure. You just that impulse. You can just you just push that down. Okay. Grocery store items to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Pokemon um, to your family members. But before we do that, uh, there's another game that we're going to play today. So we have been making a push to get ratings on iTunes. Is that right? Well, you're not supposed to come clean like that, Mike. You're supposed to you're supposed to layer this in a little bit more cleverly. So we had this this whole thing <laughs> where, oh man, we just gave up the whole we just gave up the game. Um, well, well, they have to know what 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 we're doing here. The game we're supposed to come we're supposed to come to it like like oh we st- we oh wow like what a fun idea it would be like oh we should do that. Um, but anyways, we basically like <laughs> what we'll do <laughs> is like. Uh, so we, in, in a previous episode, we had talked at some length about, so there's a new like bar, uh, across the street from Barclays center. Um, and that, and, and we, they, they're not doing this. Okay. Cause, because we're so marketing, marketing, marketing minded, we came up with a sort of list of, of cocktails and menu items that were based, uh, on Nets players. So we wanted to basically be like, you know, throw out a crazy thing like, oh, if we get to 100 reviews, we'll do an episode where and the cocktails are disgusting, obviously. So it'd be like a kind of a punishment. It's not it's not it's not a good idea that maybe <laughs> we would do an episode where we like, you know, we're, we're like drinking, drinking some of these. So they're really disgusting. So part of it would be like a little bit of punishment. But, um, you know, you don't have to give us a review if you don't want to. And we'll just never do it. There's always that. But, you know. And it's also just a fun thing to do to like compare players. Like, there's really nothing going on in Nets basketball right now. I'm looking at looking at the the headlines, and they're talking about like, are we going to make the playoffs? And that's how you know we're dangerously. <laughs> yeah, because we did that in, pod in three weeks ago. Of season. Plus, also, um, I'm worried that people are getting a little bit ahead of themselves at this point, Mike. Like when we 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 you know we layered on the uh, pessimism. Hopefully we sprinkled it in, but still gave some nodes of like it's possible. It's like anything's possible, but I'm starting to get worried that the fan base is thinking playoffs um, Brian, a little bit. Don't don't <laughs> kill the positivity, man. It's happening. The Nets are I'm, the Nets are going to speak into existence like Levar Ball. It will happen. I'm just worried for everybody. That's all. I'm just. I hope that everyone's <laughs> on the same page. You know, I just want what's best for my friends. 
Yeah, it's probably not the best thing for fan enjoyment to expect playoffs and then to then obviously be disappointed when it doesn't happen. My, what you my want thing is to shoot is to aim low and you know hopefully shoot high. Start with does a meteor hit Barclays Center? That's that's my like. If not, that's a win. That season's a win for me. You know, you got to start. It'd be very, a dope movie, by the way. If, if just a meteor hits Barclays Center, yeah, and it had some kind of mutated quality, and it the players were in the locker room when it happened, and they don't they turn it almost to the Fantastic Four type thing. They don't die. But they all um, each get a superpower, and that would be another good killer comparison. What superpower would each of them have? But we can do that another time. Brian. Yeah. Yep. So as you said, and we've sort of, again, we've teased this out before in other pods. If we get 100 ratings on iTunes, we will then put out a Twitter poll of all of these cocktail recipes, and we will drink three of them. <laughs> m- m- ramp that up. We'll drink, like, I don't know. How, how, eight? Like eight? Eight, eight cocktails? an hour? Is that that's, that might be a little dangerous? Eight an hour, um, and we'll do it for charity. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll try to fit in like five or six or something, right? I don't know. It depends on what it is, honestly. If it's like one of these, you know, if it's the Trevor Booker, I don't know how many of those I can put down because that's a whole, you know, that's a whole beer plus a slew of yeah, the whole slew of groceries thrown in there. Let's start with the Trevor Booker. So I was trying to recreate the Trevor Booker, and again, sort of. These drinks maybe represent a part of or the entire personality of the Nets. How would you do that in a cocktail? That is, we are master mixers, mixologists, and that's what we're doing right here. Trevor so Booker, is, from what do you remember? What was it? A lot, a lot also. We're, we're just going to like, you know, we should we should talk about some of the new additions too, you know, like try to think of cocktails for them. Just And in a way, we'll, we'll, we're using this as a launching point to talk about the players' games. So there's, there's a you know, whole academic side to this exercise. How are you trying to class this off of and elevate it a little bit i'm, when, I'm, I'm big into <laughs> elevating uh some lowbrow stuff okay so Trevor yeah so Booker. We, yeah Do you remember what's what it was um i think it's like uh like malt liquor plus like wild turkey plus hot sauce and then like throw a uh, like a wrench in there or something i think yeah a wrench i like i think there was a can there's an energy drink of some kind and i put red bull but i think maybe that's too uh, bougie, too high class. <laughs> I thought Red, uh, Red Bull is significantly high class. Has but, has Red Bull reached the like bouginess of the energy drink? So world? just look on the span of energy drinks. So energy drinks are not cool, really, right? Um, it's not that they're they're like lame, but they're just not. There's not like a high class choice, and the highest class choice is Red Bull. <laughs> I think. Do you think there's a hole, a niche for us to fill? What what is the high class? It would have to be, Energy you know, like play. all organic, you know, something that let, proves Dude, out healthy. I, I had that when I went to the, the night. I, I shoplifted from a store that's going out of business right around the corner from uh, where Mike lives. <laughs> Last episode, I went in with every intention to pay for it. And it was like a total liquidation sale. Everything was like 75 cents anyways. And I got one of these organic, like green tea, coffee hybrid things. Like, oh, and a, a, like an organic energy drink. It was it was so foul i can't even begin to tell you how how impalatable that thing was and i drink i mean i drink the whole thing but, of course because it was uh, free <laughs> it was free by the way so you know the show crashing on hbo I don't no know. all right well Artie lang's on the show and right. they're filming in front of my apartment this whole week oh wow georgie my dog you know there's a row of trailers each actor has their own trailer Georgie chooses to pee directly in front of the steps of Artie Lang, which I felt 
met character. You know, that was perfectly on brand for Artie Lang to have a dog peeing on his steps. So, uh, sure. Um, okay, so yeah, the Trevor Booker, I think, and, you know, tweeted us at BK Glue Guys. If you have better cocktails, we're ready to listen. But can of Red so Bull. So here's the thing. What? Yeah. So I feel like there there's like a, a genre here, right? So like Trevor Booker, probably not going to be that much different from the cocktail that Damari Carroll has or Quincy, you know, our, our lunch pail guys. So maybe we maybe instead of just doing like one cocktail for each person, we can bundle them together. Well, at least in these in this case, we should have like a um, there's a bar called Floyd's that's not too far away from here, and they do a thing called a crapacopia, and it's a bucket of bad beer, you know, a bunch of different bad beer. Um, so like maybe like for for Trevor Booker, Damari Carroll, and uh, and Quincy AC, I don't know who else. Maybe you want to throw Rondé Hollis Jefferson in that. I don't know. Yeah, Rondé's but, an but, interesting one. I don't really have one for him. I mean, but yeah, we could throw him in that in that bucket of beer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that'll be. It's not a bucket of beer though, right? Is is it? Is it? It's it's like wild turkey plus. I don't know. This is. Well, I, can't, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> the Booker has to be. <laughs> it has to be the personality. I don't know why you're bringing a buckets of beer. It has to be uh, getting a off har- script. A harsh liquor. It has to be energized. It has to be uh, fiery in personality. I mean, I think we hit it. It's it's some kind of whiskey energy drink, red hot sauce plus. Yeah. And I think adding a beer to all of these to instead of water or instead of any kind of seltzer water makes it all much more worse. Um, Okay, so we'll lock it in. Lock that in. That's fine. We'll leave. We'll leave the bucket nonsense, you know, on the wayside. So, what about your Alan Crab? How how on the nose with crab legs and, and oyster juice are you gonna are you about to get? <laughs> All right. So here here's my Alan Crab. Of course, there's gonna be some kind of lump crab meat. I'm from Maryland. In Maryland, when you get a Bloody Mary, you can get it with with crab on it on the it's somewhere within the mix. Instead of bacon, it would be crab, uh, which doesn't really do anything, but just it looks cool. Um, so there is crab in my Alan Crab cocktail. Fireball, because Alan Crab is fire from the outside. And oh, um, a specific kind of red wine, a regifted red wine that you get from uh, when your friend, you went to his house for dinner, you gave him a bottle of red wine. He then comes back to your house and regifts the same bottle of red wine, not realizing that, like the Nets contract that they handed out to Alan Crab. Restricted free agency, genius. He's essentially genius. a gifted player. So um, that is, I really, that is the most disgusting sounding cocktail. <laughs> I like. I cannot. You want to drink that? <laughs> I, the the red wine I, fireball mix. Oh with crab god, meat. that's that. I, I mean, just the idea, like drinking, like however many of those. That's it. Seems impossible. I don't. I don't know that we can get that far. Um, I think we need that sounds, to. I mean, <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds terrible. Holy God. Well, let, let, let's maybe do this. I, I sort of have an order of disgusting or least disgusting to most disgusting. So I think the Allen crab is maybe on the further end. I mean, crab meat, fireball, and red wine is incredible. Here's, I guess also I just think like Bloody Marys in general are probably ranked for me on – the low, like if you're going to get a bad Bloody Mary, it's one of the worst drinks you can possibly get. A watered That's down, right. yeah, um, like tomato juice and vodka is so gross to me um, already, right off the bat. And not to, it's not like he's not even the snob factor, but the pre-mixed sort of just as you said, watery, <laughs> no, no spice, just the flat note, 
And then, yeah. they, then they give you bad vodka. Not that I care about right. good vodka, but bad vodka with that is is not yeah. where I want to be. Somehow it gets to room temperature in like five seconds. Yeah. Um, so Alan Crabb cocktails out there. Um, I have one for Timofey Mozgov. Ooh, this should be good. Is it going to be a white Russian? <laughs> it's going to be elements of white Russian. It's okay. vodka from a half-filled bottle, bottle ordered at an overly expensive nightclub. Sweat, okay. sweat produced at that overly expensive nightclub and milk. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. I don't um, know if we can pull that one off. The process through which we would actually—could you imagine us in a? First of all, I've never actually been to a nightclub. I don't think it's. I know. It's not my scene. I'm like, have you? Uh, not really. I mean, not really. But what would not, I like? Not, not, I've been to like a, a place at night where they dance, but not, yeah. not a club. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just imagining you walking around with a funnel in your hand, and being like, "Can I, can I rub this on your skin really quick?" Dude, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dancer out there. I think I'd fit right in. I have no um, no shame. No shame. That, I hope I hope that's pretty far towards the disgusting end of the spectrum too. Um, I mean, like if you're talking about getting human sweat in a beverage, this is like some, some jackass <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, I don't think we could actually pull that off, but it feels like, so what the Timothy Mozgov would have to be, would have to be <laughs> unwanted and expensive. What, what's an, Dude, un- we could, we could 100% like, you know, do work out, you know, do, do a quick couple of push ups or sit ups and then ring our sweaty, <laughs> like, ring head, our own sweat. just stick a, like, our sweaty headband into the drink. Um, yeah, I mean, and the sweat is a crucial element to the Timothy Mozgov because I don't know if you ever seen Timothy Mozgov play, but he's he's a, a glistening man on the court. Is he? Is that a is that a thing? Like a like a like how Patrick Ewing was? Yeah, I think there's there's <laughs> he's he's low rent, more expensive Patrick Ewing. Um, that's exactly yeah. who Mozgov is. Good. Um, Jeremy Lin lemonade. That's just. I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear what this is about. It's just lemonade. It's just lemonade. <laughs> it's just normal, man. Do you think Jeremy Lin drinks? I Do you, are you doing doesn't. this because you're assuming the Legion of Lin fans is just going to, you know, let us hook us up with a lemonade in the course of the show? <laughs> on, on the poll? I was slightly terrified to see where I could go with Jeremy Lin lemonade. I mean, you could put like pieces of ham in it for his broken hamstrings last season, um, but that's not that much fun. <laughs> Plus, I mean, how how many times are you going to beat that dead horse? I mean, the horse is dead. It, <laughs> it's been dead and buried. Chopped up for parts. But I mean, like, what do you think, Lynn? Jeremy, I don't think Jeremy Lynn probably drinks. I don't think that's his mo, right? Um, no, I don't know. It's a pretty big thing in in a lot of you know, a lot of cultures. People people do a lot of social drinking. Yeah, I mean, it just the religious factor doesn't mean you don't drink. I mean, I, I'm yeah. I have family members who are Orthodox Jewish and they drink like a ton. But um, you, it's different. Is, are you not allowed to drink in Orthodox Jewish culture? No, no. It's like encouraged. <laughs> it's oh, it is encouraged. A part of a Orthodox Jewish wedding is that the men – this was a trip – that the men all sit in a room before the wedding and they just calmly and without pomp and circumstance drink <laughs> whiskey. It's just yeah. – you just sit in a room and don't talk and you, you know just drink I, whiskey. I really don't like is any social setting wherein um, like there is some cultural import to the drinking of the of the alcohol or like that like you're somehow like being rude by not taking a shot at the same time or something like that I, I really? really like I really prefer the I I'm fine I like I <laughs> I like I like the way that I do it what would be a circumstance like what 
what was the time that you remember that that happened? So if you've ever gone to like with like e- eating food with you know some Korean people, they have like a lot of soju, and everyone drinks oh, yeah. soju at the same time, and they do. It's like, which is fine. It's not that invasive. You know, it's it's like a slightly boozier wine, so it's like it's not too crazy. But you know, I see. Uh, I've heard horror stories, friends who have gone to like Russian dinners and stuff, and they're just forcing you to drink vodka the whole time. And that's not your. You it sounds like, like a nightmare to me. That, that doesn't yeah, sound you like a nightmare. Enjoyed a frat, but you don't like forced drinking. So Brian's a frat was, guy in our. Group, it was a pro, it was a progressive frat. You may oh. we had, we had, we had a. I think uh, I've been music, there. We had a music room. Oh right, yeah. You guys were you guys were ahead of the curve. Um, culture vote. Uh, I have a Randy Foy fizzle. I don't know. It wasn't that inspired, but a gluten free vodka with seltzer water. <laughs> Why? Why does poor Randy boy have that drink? <laughs> Doesn't it seem like a full, like just like a nondescript sort of average baseline drink? And I say gluten free because I don't know. Just it felt like something Randy Foy would be into at this point. He's a wily veteran. Mm, takes care of himself. So I think we could start with a Randy Foy fizzle just to like get just, things just going, to, just to line the stomach. Yeah, and then we it, and then we drank a Jeremy Lin lemonade. And then a Booker, because then you got to kick it up a notch. Um, you had Jared Allen. What was your Jared Allen? Um, well, I just feel like Jared Allen is such a like an an, an honest, like sweet, sweet child boy. Mm-hmm. And I and uh, I love that. So I love that we have a sweet child boy on our, on the Nets. So I was thinking, like, what is the kind of drink that one of those, uh, like a like a neophyte to drinking would would order at a bar? And it'd be something like watermelon schnapps or like like sour punch. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are those? Like the sour apple? Uh, oh, the pucker they? shots. Yeah, pucker shots. <laughs> just just get, get something like that in there, and um, I mean, there's probably like some kind of Smirnoff ice. Yeah, yeah, drinking Smirnoff ice. Just one of those terrible sweet things. Yeah. Okay, so the Jared Allen is like just a a delightfully sweet. Sugary. We could, we could. I mean, we could charge it. Why don't we like? We'll stick like nerds in there, you know? Because he's in the news. He's oh, in, like, that's good. Getting played up with this nerd thing a little bit too much. I'm, I'm worried for him. He's going. He's. I can tell where the media wants to take his personality, and he might want to pump the brakes on this because <laughs> because they're like he plays Nintendo, and he's just. It's like they're gonna not. Nobody's gonna. They're not gonna stop talking about this, dude. If you don't. Well, and that's you like that's just angle that conversation. That's bad for what people. How people. No matter what he's gonna be like on the court, even if he was like an animal. They're going to view him as Mr. Nice Guy, too friendly. Like, I think, what was it, Dwight Howard at one point in his career was, when because he, he smiled a lot, was yeah. viewed as soft, right? Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if he is or not, but, but like, that, then that narrative, that was just the thing. We had nothing to base it off of because he smiled. Jared Allen's going to get that because he's intelligent. Yeah. You know what's interesting is that, like, if you were, like, like you know, Gordon Hayward plays, like, competitive StarCraft too. It's the it's that you, they can't have anything that's not competitive. That's the thing. They can't have a hobby like you can like Todd McCullough famously was ranked very high in the world in pinball playing pinball machines. I know that. Yeah, he was like like ranked like number two. Somehow there's a ranking for pinballs and he was like the number two in the world after his you know basketball career was over. So I think that uh, NBA fans don't mind a hobby so long as you can construe something competitive out of it. You know, right? Like Jordan's golf game. He may not be good at golf, but he was competitive on the course. Yeah. Um, Jared Allen makes computers, which again, <laughs> low key, like not that interesting or hard. It's not like 
I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, it, I respect it. It's just not that hard to do. If if you're if you're like soldering together a motherboard, that's 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 different. Yeah, like buying buying the parts to build your own Alienware CPU. You know, yeah, that's it would, it would that's be, cool. It's I'm essentially down. Like I, making a puzzle. I dig it, I, and I dig what you're into, but it's not. It's not I like. I'm. I'm. I think even Jared Allen addressed the fact that like people sort of view him. I forget. I think. I think it was the New York Post interview or something. He even addressed the fact that. Uh, like there was a talk of how he doesn't love basketball, right? That's sort of why he fell. There are rumors why he fell to the Nets. And he even addressed that and said, that's basically just because I don't only think about basketball that I have other things. You know, we'll see, we'll see if he, if he actually does anything on the court. I mean, he's going to be super important to the team this year. Yeah. We should, uh, propose him the thing that we proposed internally about Brooke Lopez, which is the interview wherein we don't talk about basketball at all, even a little bit. Just touch on the hobbies. Just, yeah. just, you know, and just that Brooke, the hobby that Brooke invitation's still out there. I mean, we would ask him for sure two Nets questions, and then... I don't know. I don't even know about yeah. that. I mean, the one thing I'd want to ask Brooke is, like, it's not even that interesting. I just, I would want to know what it's like to constantly be in trade rumors as a player. That's all. I mean, I'm not, like, I'm not trying just, to break ground there. I'm just... Wondering. Yeah, you just want to ask the most sensitive, most <laughs> undercutting <laughs> question to to start the thing off. Good. Uh, um, I have a drink, Angelo Russell. Great. Do you have a D'Angelo drink? I did. It's really dumb. It's right. really dumb. So you do yours, and I'll and I'll just adorn it with what I have. Okay. I got it's two shots of gin, a splash of grappa, crushed ice, because he's got ice in his veins. And yeah. the rest is filled with Dos Equis because like the way Dos Equis uh, basically stabbed their spokesman in the back and replaced him with a younger man, Magic Johnson <laughs> stabbed D'Angelo in the back and replaced him with Lonzo Ball. So so I was thinking more like you get like an ice luge and then you just throw it like you just like zip a cell phone down it into the person's mouth. That's the <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun for our Facebook page. We actually did that. Yeah, I was just trying to. I, I was. I was waiting either getting stabbed in the back or being a snitch, and, I, and like I couldn't figure out what's the snitchiest uh, no. liquor. And D'Angelo's our guy now. He's not a snitch, so we don't. Well, care. the thing is, snitches like you know they they live well. You know that's the whole deal. They they <laughs> you know in like in that. prison the reason for being a snitch is because the guards will hook you up, right? Right, and and then you get out of prison early and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but what would be a, a snitchy liquor? What would be a liquor that like you? I, I mean, here's the thing. Like you know, um, you know the sometimes people called uh, martinis uh, loudmouth soup. Oh, it's okay. A little, it's a little like da- dad joke about a martini. Yeah. Uh, why don't you get him another one of those loudmouth soups? Um, <laughs> I've got a barley <laughs> hanging out. It just you know old timey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right. Bars filled with transatlantic announcers. Um, have another one of those. Not about soup, so. um, yeah. So was, maybe some, just like a martini, you know, a because like and that's because like you know, you, once you drink a couple of those, you start motor mugging, and you and you can't keep uh, can't keep a secret. You know what I'm saying? All right. So so I think D'Angelo can oscillate between a loudmouth soup or yeah. some Dosaki's drink where he gets. Stabbed. But here's the thing: we we need to. I think we should just make an agreement between you and I to. Put that. That's the last time we 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 got to move on past the snitches. Past we don't the, bring it up. I don't. We don't. Yeah, we, we don't. I and I get it. This is like a, you know, the time to do it if you're going to do it. But 
we should make a, a, a blood pact to like try to try to be on the forefront of of stopping that annoying nonsense. Yeah, and it still comes from. I mean, it still comes from Lakers fans. Like, if you look at it's D'Angelo's just, Instagram, you're still going to see a Lakers fan. You yeah, man. It's crap. just such a social media thing to be doing and saying. You know, I don't know. It's. I mean, I get it. It all lives on social media. It was. It was born of social media, so it makes sense to to exist there. But yeah. Anyways, we can move on. Um. I have a, what do I have? I have a Kenny Atkinson Long Island iced tea. Genius. Genius. I don't know if we can drink this, but it's equal parts grit, patience, focus, and toughness. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it that. I actually, I've been known to order a Long Island iced tea from time to time. Um, Excellent. I mean, I'm I, not, I, I, I don't I, see enough of it in my life. What is what yeah. is in a Long Island iced tea again? What are the, what are the liquors? Lo- like everything, like pretty much everything. Everything. And it tastes fantastic. Tastes like uh, like iced tea. You know what freaks me out is, have you ever seen like the pre-made mix from Barton's of Long mm-hmm. Island iced? You can like buy, oh, yeah, 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 and it's just clear. It's a clear color. It it doesn't. There's no you because if you're gonna put, I think, isn't it like gin, vodka? Isn't there whiskey in there too? Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, let me look it up. I think it's pretty much everything. Yeah, so you would think there would be some kind of color distinction beyond clear. But when you if most of the time with bars you go to, they're gonna give you the the pre made mix, uh, which is terribly frightening. Right. So here's what's in it. It's triple sec tequila, vodka rum, gym, yeah, um, white white rum, um, and then lemon juice. So there's gonna be some color in there. It shouldn't just be clear, right? It should be Yeah, it should, should be the it should be pretty it should pretty much look like an iced tea. Is there wait? And there's a soda in there, right? Sometimes people put Diet Coke in it, but I think that's that's uh, I don't know. I don't think that that's a normal thing. Um, I have I do have a Damari Carroll Cherry Bomb, and I would drink this. I don't know why I said. Most of the time, I just do go with alliteration, so don't. Yeah. There's no particular Cherry Bombness about <laughs> Damari Carroll, but but he was on the Raptors last year, and that. They have red jerseys, so there. You go. Jeez, jeez. Okay, rye whiskey because Carol is and will be the rye veteran of the Brooklyn Nets. Smart. Uh, Kirschlikker liqueur, which is made from cherries, lemon, and Miller Lite because you know he's as blue collar, lunch pail guy. Yeah, Miller Lite's a lunch pail beer. This goes back into one of the. Uh... <laughs> One of the drinks we're almost certain to not be drinking if, if this ever actually happens, um, because that's that would just be fine. That, that, that's, that sounds fine to me. Um, um, we're we're gonna be drinking the stupid crab thing, dude. Like we have to we have to do something. Let's not get out of the park with Isaiah Whitehead. Let's get a hot dog based beverage in ooh, there. Yes, <laughs> an egg cream, an egg cream hot dog. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Yes, it's got to be an egg cream. With with a hot dog instead of like a piece of bacon, it's a, it's you just slather a Nathan's hot dog in there. Can, do you want to just put that in the uh, in the Vitamix and and grind the <laughs> grind the hot dog into it? Just get just get a vein of hot dog running through this beverage. And we don't have any rum, and I think rum would go great with an egg cream. So oof, oof. yeah, yeah, spiced rum, a good spiced rum. <laughs> oh, oh, daddy. Um, oh. So that's called the the cyclone. Or something, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So what we have here again, if I'm if I'm going to lay out our menu, 
We're going to do this. We're going to start with the Randy Foy Fizzle, which is vodka and seltzer. We're going to move to the Jeremy Lin Lemonade. Actually, let's say that for later. Jeremy Lin Lemonade will be later. The Booker, Red Bull Tabasco Wild Turkey, the Drink Angelo Russell, Gin, Grappa, Crushed Ice, and Dos Equis. Then we get to the Lemonade to just kind of tide us over. Then we the Murderer's Row of the Brooklyn Cyclone, Mm. which is egg cream hot dog and spice rum. The Timothy Mozgov, which is vodka from a half-filled bottle ordered at an overly expensive club, sweat produced at that club, and milk. <laughs> the Damari Carroll cher- Cherry Bomb, again, rye whiskey because he's a rye vetter, whatever, all that stuff. And then we end with the Allen Crab Cocktail, red wine, fireball, and crab meat. I think, yeah. I think that's an evening that we do. That- that is an evening. That is a wild evening for us. Um, not as wild as the evening before it, where we go to a club and and try to get sweat from people. Yeah, this um, is. The- <laughs> th- this pales in comparison to that to that wild evening. Can I have your sweat? <laughs> um, um, so, okay, good. So, so yeah, tell tell um, well, yeah, you tell people why they should rate us on iTunes. You're, you're so bad at this, Mike. You're, you, like we have to pretend like we don't want them to, so that, um, so that this doesn't happen. So that we're not, so here's here's what we should do. We should do two of these drinks, right? And we should do the the most voted for and the least voted for. Uh, that way. Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm just trying to. No, get, no, like, no, no. I was, I was trying to think about. I was meaning to think about what's going to be the least voted for. I was like. Uh... Well, that's it. Like, is it like if then if they know the rules, then they, well, yeah, we'll just do the most voted for. It's too too complicated at that point. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah. So, so what should we set it at? A hundred reviews? Two hundred reviews? I mean, I don't want to get too crazy. Let's let's shoot for a hundred reviews. If we, if we ever get there, I mean, this is probably not going to happen. Let's be honest. This may never happen to us. Um, but you know, we'll just we'll play it by ear. Are we at um, like forty five right now? I think we're at fifty five. Yeah, that's not. I think it's. You know, we have 20,000 listeners every day uh, now, uh, but I don't think it's going to be that hard. I think 100 may be too attainable. I'd say 150. I'd say we'll, I really we'll push run it back. The, the glue fan base, the, glu- the glue fans. I say, I say we price it to sell first go around, and then, okay. and then uh, okay. if, if we end up drinking hot dog sweat or whatever, then, then we can. <laughs> I'm excited. Can... I think the Cyclone, we could get. Isaiah Whitehead on the podcast, and he can uh, watch us and, drink and it. And they can watch us puke on ourselves? Yeah, that'd be, great. <laughs> that'd be good for our brand. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so should we move on to the other part, the other portion of the show? Yeah, I'm super excited for this, and this is your idea, and I love it. So Why don't you explain to people killer, what uh, Killer Comparison is? <laughs> this is the Killer Comparison. So for today's Killer Comparison, <laughs> um, what I decided to do was we haven't really talked about the offseason uh, generally, you know, what the other teams are doing. Um, and so we figured a fun way to go about doing that would be to do a little killer comparison where we found um, on the internet, Mike, um, these these names for... So in, in, in other languages and other cultures, they have words for emotions that we don't really have in, in English and American culture. Um, and a lot of them are really interesting and really great. So I would... I, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say... So I'm going to give you the definition of the thing and then you tell me which teams off season inspired similar feelings. Perfect. Okay. So first off, and I don't know how to pronounce this and I don't know where it comes from, but it's like lacassism, lacassism. Yeah. Right. So 
Um, this is the desire to be struck by a disaster, to survive a plane crash, to lose everything in a fire, to plunge over a waterfall, which would put a kink in the smooth arc of your life and forge it into something hardened and flexible and sharp, not just stiff, prefabricated beam that barely covers the gap between one end of your life and the other. Um, so I have a, I have a very clear answer for this for me. Yes. Let me hear it. So this is for me, this is the Cavs. This is Kyrie Irving kind of yes. in a nutshell. Just, 100%, just, that's what I had. Yes. Just throwing his life over the waterfall. Uh, you know, just because, just because just to, just for that prefabricated beam bit, you know, I mean, it's, it's, he literally has said that the reason why he wants to be traded, he said via, you know, sources and articles is because he wants his own team that he wants to prove himself, which is heartening of oneself. You know, you're, you're sharpening your own skills by going away from LeBron, from the soft, cushy shadow that LeBron casts. Kyrie wants to literally ruin his career. Uh, to see if he can prove himself. I think yeah. it's perfect. I think it's spot on Kyrie. Uh, yeah. Do you support what Kyrie's doing? Do you think, like as a human, do you agree with what he's doing? I can, I can, in, in a sense, I can relate to lacasism. You know, it's a feeling <laughs> that I, I don't, I wouldn't say I have because I really, I'm, I'm a, I'm a creature of comfort. I don't know if you know this. I don't, I don't like, I don't like roller coasters even, Mike. I don't like to feel uncomfortable for any period of time, really, if I can avoid it. Um, so, like, the plane crash, lose everything in a fire stuff, That's that doesn't seem very um, – that's not up my alley. Um, though I do understand uh, a little bit about why that would resonate with people, why why feeling a like, a, like an earnest uh, struggle in life would help, you know – fill them with, with, um, I don't know, purpose or something. Um, and so in a sense, I do think that he's, you know, he's making a very important giant, maybe huge mistake. Um, but a big decision that I am assuming he's put a fair amount of thought into. And it's, you know, it's a dude's story. It's a dude's life, you know? And another thing is, I mean, there's a whole, everyone's talked about this at great length, so I'm not going to be saying anything new about it, but I do think, um, that if you just go through the rest of your NBA existence, even in the wake of of uh, LeBron like passing the the reins to you, still the act of passing the reins, passing the torch, is still like a, a uh, how how should I say this? I don't know, it's still a gesture that is like you, you're still tethered to LeBron James forever, right. despite despite anything. So uh, I get it. Like you don't want to be tethered to this, to another human being like that forever. Your, your professional legacy uh, is like valuable to you and you want to, you don't pay for it. So I get it. I mean, I honestly do. And uh, it's, it's a crazy decision. It's really risky, but on some level, I, I don't fault him for it, you know? Yeah. And also I don't fault him for it because I, it'd be tough to play with LeBron. That's not, he's not, he's not a, uh, Carmelo on the court, he's a very giving player, but he seems to just be so passive aggressive. Um, everything has to be his way. There's not much give in him at all, even though he is again a sharer on the court. It's just, I I get it. I do get it. It's it's interesting that he's doing it now because it shows that he knows that LeBron's going to leave. Uh, yeah, that you because I don't think you would you would have such urgency to do it right now if. If LeBron was going to stay, I think you, maybe yeah. you 
you play it out a little bit more. Um, what's your next one? So this is Vimuldan. Vimuldan. Um, it's obviously something Nordic. Uh, but this is the fear that everything has already been done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you agree with this one. I don't know. Did you have one for this? I had the sort of Paul George saga, this gap yeah. year that we've decided we're going to live in where Paul George is going to be a free agent. He mm-hmm. was in Indiana. We have a pretty clear indication that the Lakers and him are talking. I mean, there's an mm-hmm. investigation into that if they've already talked. I mean, he has we know he's spoken to Magic Johnson, literally has spoken to him. Um it feels it just this it's just feeling like it's already done. We're we're moving we're it's happening. It's going to happen. Destiny has been determined and mm-hmm. we're moving on. Um so Paul George saga yeah, I had a hard time with this one just because, um, like, I think I know what it what it wants to say, but I couldn't really finagle a, an NBA version of that um, because it's like it's like everything original has already been been done, you know. Yeah. Um, and so in that way, uh, like I, I I've been just trying to think outside the box on this thing, and I, I'm trying trying to think more about like basketball strategy or whatever, um, and so. Um, I, I was thinking just like the, the Spurs, you know, the Spurs didn't, didn't make any, you know, t- like totally crazy changes or whatever, but they didn't put themselves, um, they didn't separate themselves from any of like the, the main new players in, in, uh, this, you know, up-tempo basketball style, this up-tempo office, offense that has taken over the NBA or whatever. So I'm just trying to like, I don't know, it doesn't quite fit, but you know what I'm getting at? There? No, yeah, no, I feel that, that. It's a repetitiveness, and then the fear. And I guess the fear would be that sort of like we we know this yeah. how this is going to play out. We have an idea, sort of how this is already going to yeah. happen. The the Pau Gasol signing, I think, like is is sort of like the the center point of that fear or something. Like what? Like, I don't know. It's just not an exciting uh, player to sign to an agreement anymore. Uh, okay, so moving on. Uh, Altschmerz. Uh, this is wariness with the same old issues that you've always had, the same boring flaws and anxiety you've been gnawing on for years, which leaves them soggy and tasteless and inert with nothing interesting left to think about, nothing left to do but spit them out and wander off to the backyard ready to dig up some fresher pain you might have buried long ago. Uh, if you don't get this one right, you know, I don't know what to do with you. But well, I, should saw, I saw your answer already. Cause, oh, you did? Yeah, some you copy and pasted it to me. But... Um, it uh, so I agree with you completely. Nick's yeah. off season, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, um, the, well, the, the well, Tim rats. Hardaway signing is the ultschmerziest thing possible. <laughs> I mean, the real problem is like we're still dealing with managerial issues with that with that company over there, and until you fix that, none of this matters. None of it's going to change. You you have bad management at the helm. Am I right? Am I wrong? Completely right. Okay, well, then we don't need to touch anymore. So next on is Monocopsis. 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 I'm so glad you're doing this instead of me. The subtle but persistent feeling of being out of place. Yes. Um, this is an interesting one. What would you have for that one? I, I mean, I went back to Paul George. He is in OKC. It's not – he's trying to – fit in already he went to the press conference and talked about how yeah i could totally see myself being here he did an interview i think with lee jenkins for si and he, and he sort of related it to how he liked fishing and you can do that in oklahoma city i guess 
whatever. He's out of place. Yeah. He either should be in Indiana or L.A., and he's now in Oklahoma City, a fish out of water. Um, and it's not, you know, it's, it's again, subtle but persistent. It's under the surface. It's not exactly loud and in your face, but he's suddenly there, and he's just going to float along the season, contend for a conference semifinals, and then he's going to move to L.A., and that team is just going to be torn apart. It'll be great. Um, that's what I had Paul George as well for the same reasons. Oh, wow. Um, look at us go, Mike. Um, <clears throat> Enumal, the bittersweetness of having arrived in the future, seeing how things turn out, not being able to tell your past self. Do you ever feel that feeling? What? That Enumal? I don't think so. I was trying to think like, so what is Enumal? It's the, you, you got to where you thought you should be. And then you're, where you are is not as good as you thought it was going to be? Sometimes I think about it more like, um, like, uh, okay, so let's say like you, you know, you decide in your 50s, like you want to, you know, start a bubblegum shrimp company or something or whatever. And, uh, and like, that's like, that's like your calling in life or whatever. And you wish like, Oh, I wish I had the energy. I thought I wish, I wish I had just followed my heart and done that in my twenties or whatever. And then you think like, you know, I want to go back and do that. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, too. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I interpreted it, but I don't actually have one for this. So, so I, <laughs> so maybe this is more my interpretation of the word. I said Cavs fans and actually having LeBron again. I mm. think the idea mm. of he left Cleveland, he went to Miami, and then there was so much excitement when he came back to my, uh, Cleveland, right? I mean, he wrote this letter again for Sports Illustrated about, I'm coming home and, you know, it's yeah. going to be great. Won a championship, fantastic. Everyone's excited. And at that point, I think if I'm a Cleveland fan, I'm believing this guy is ours again and he's going to be ours. I don't think that he's going to leave. Yeah. They go again to the championship, but then we have stories of him going to L.A. He's not committing to the team at all. If I'm a Cavs fan, it feels weird. I'm excited that we won a championship, of course, and you can't take that away from me. But I think there's some <laughs> – I know, right? There's some bitter – there's got to be a bittersweet feeling of like, this guy's just going to leave us again. He's – yes, he's all about Ohio, but he's just going to be gone again. And then – we're going to be left with this wreckage of Kevin Love whenever we get in the Kyrie trade and nothing from LeBron because LeBron's going to leave as a free agent. Yeah. So I don't know if like if they rather had played it out, you want to win the championship 100%, no question. But would you rather almost have kept Kyrie, kept Andrew Wiggins, kept your team super young, probably getting more higher draft picks, building a young power as opposed to one championship – Three, you know, obviously three, three championship competing seasons, but one championship, and then your team's going to be left in wreckage. Mm. Um, I would go for the one championship, but I'm just saying I think it's going to be a little bittersweet when LeBron leaves or LA. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the team that we cover is left in <laughs> in a state of wreckage, despite having not won a championship. So, so yeah, definitely burden hand on on that front. There's a word in here, by the way, the team that won that trade with the Nets that. It kills me to say it, but uh, I, it's the word Nicahondonia, Nicahondonia, Nicahondonia. 
the second yeah. to, or third to last word or second to last yes. word. Yeah. That's the Celtics, right? The it's the the definition uh, is the feeling of excitement or elation that comes from anticipating success. Yes. They That's are a good one. The, You're really jumping ahead, though, Mike. What's going on here? Well, I, I, I transition here. I fine, do fine. Stuff. No, <laughs> please have it. Um, it's this thing is playing out so perfectly that the Cavs are going to implode and explode, and the freaking Celtics are sitting there with like young players plus really good veterans, and they're just going to be waiting. They're if they trade Kyrie, if the Cavs trade Kyrie, Kyrie, the Celtics are better. This year than the Cavs, and it's it's annoying. You think so? You think a like Eric Bledsoe Cavs um, is is? I think it's meaningfully worse than the Kyrie Irving Cavs. Yes, yes, because I think Bledsoe's ultimately like yeah, he's better defensively, but I think he's ultimately empty stats. And in a big big moment, he can't do what Kyrie can do, and that those you need that. That's what Kyrie makes Kyrie so important. They may not be able to yeah. score differently. Like Kyrie may score only two points more a game, but those, but the way he scores is on is not stoppable. Where yeah. Bledsoe is like, I mean, he's super athletic. He was pre injuries. I don't know what he's like now. And I, I find it hilarious that the Suns won't include Josh Jackson. You know what's going to happen in the season? Like the the first month, we're going to realize, oh, Josh Jackson's nineteen years old and like not that good right now, and his yeah. trade value is going to plummet. Like these, yeah. we always believe these rookies are super fantastic and going to be ten-time All Stars. And then when they actually play basketball, it's like, oh yeah, it's not, it's not how it ever works. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do believe. Um, I think, I think if they trade Kyrie, whatever they get, pretty much, I, the, I think the Celtics are a better team this year. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, that's, I could go back and forth. I guess. Yeah. I mean, the addition of Hayward that. I don't know. I don't know. I can go back and forth with that. Um, but let's save that for another day. Um, sure. bef- before that, let's go to Canopsia, the eerie, forlorn atmosphere of a place that is usually bustling with people but is now abandoned and quiet. Um, what do you got for that? Well, so I, I said, you okay, see in a year. Keep going back to that, but that team's going Well, I said I took the other side of that. I went with the Pacers. Like, oh, yeah, generally that's good. The, the, Pacers are kind of a you know it's a good program and generally you sort of have a um, a pretty a pretty good roster full of talent and they have nobody this year. It's a it's a weird crew, man. Um, oh, you know who would be good going off of that? The Chicago Bulls, right? They, yes. They were competitive for so long and now they're going to be top bottom like bottom three in the league in terms of basketball skills. I don't know, man. Like I'm, I mean, I guess. I guess they're like. I guess if if Oladipo, but I don't know. I've, is where, where are people projecting Indiana? Like I feel like that's got to be. No, it's a, weird. Yeah, I think they're in that people, sort of weird. They may not even be as good as Detroit, but they're in that strange middle ground. They still have some players. I mean, dude, if you have Darren Collison and and Oladipo as your as your backcourt crew, like that's you got issues, man. I mean, dude, Boyan Bogdanovich though. Boyan's on the team. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but that's what made that Paul George trade so weird is that getting Oladipo, like Oladipo was going to be a bad contract. He was heading in bad contract territory, and I don't I don't know what he does for your team. I Okay, I like I like the Pacers. I like the Bulls for Canopsia. Canopsia. 
Uh, okay, so moving along, try to speed through this. Uh, Achillism, the awareness of, of the smallness of your perspective by which you couldn't possibly draw any meaningful conclusions at all about the world or the past complexities of culture because although your life is an epic and unpredictable anecdote, it is only a sample size of one and may end up uh, being the control for a much wilder experiment happening in the next room. So for me... Um, I went with the nets on this one. This is a personal thing um, <laughs> because uh, I was talking to a, a friend about this the other day, and um, that like sort of he was talking about like do you we were talking about the Lakers deal or whatever, and he was talking about um, how you know the Lakers will manage their cap space in post D'Angelo Russell trade, and he could kind of see my attention wavering and like I was sort of like drifting away and it's like do you, do you not care about like cap stuff and I was like no I, I do like ostensibly but you know I watch the NBA from like the sunken place you know I, I watch it through you've seen get out you yeah. know so I watch it through like as a passenger through somebody else's eyes like I don't you know it's nice yeah other people have cap spa- you know other things going on but I've been watching the nets from from like you know <laughs> the sunken place so I don't have <laughs> Like it's a, yeah, I get it. It's 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 nice, it's exciting, whatever. But when you're an actual fan of a team that's been in sort of mired in the same kind of asset problems, um, it's it's hard to like. I have I actually have to like crack the CBA again because I read it when it first came out, uh, or like the new deal points or whatever. And I would like to actually <clears throat> like it's been a while since I actually actually had to like care about the details of people's contracts and things like that. You know? Yeah, no, that's uh, so true. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. The yeah. only time we ever cared about that was when we were trying to stretch out Darren Williams. It was like, right. which way were they going to do it? <laughs> right. Um, but now, now that Nets, you have to do kind of have to care about it because they don't. Want yeah, to yeah. We're, we're starting to do it. Um, did you have one for that or no? No, yours okay. is perfect. Uh, okay, so the next one is one that's really going to be impossible to pronounce, but it's Mauerbauer Garkatiked. And that's uh, the inexplicable urge to push people away, even close friends who you really like. Um, and for this one, I just went with the Hawks, just because they've lost all of their players somehow. Oh, and that's good. Got, yeah, they got nothing for them. Um, <laughs> but yeah. but they all it was all very like, you know, amicable on both sides, amiable or whatever. And uh, and they seem to all you know have good feelings. But meanwhile, all of their players are signing contracts elsewhere. Um, and like so. sort of like low key. Like, there's not enough hate in the NBA Twitter community. Like, Twitter, NBA Twitter can react to everything and they get try to consensus thinking on things. No one cares about the Hawks. No one has ever cared about the Hawks. And it is interesting because they literally have mismanaged a team that was the best, second best team in the East, what, three years ago or whatever. To, yeah. and they've gotten nothing um, yeah. from that. So I like that. Mauer, Bauer, Trauer. <laughs> yeah, you guys get to see. We should title this. Will be the name of the episode here. Yeah, that's um, good. The next one is ellipsism, a sadness that you'll never be able to know how history will turn out. Um, did you have one for this? I have one. Uh, what's yours? I went with the Clippers on this. Uh, that's good. Just, just so you know, because they'll never know. They'll never know what could have been. I mean, they, they did. They, they, they learned that, yeah. it, that it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but it always seemed like there's always a pretty ready, um, like whether it be injuries or, or something else like reason for why uh, their season never, never panned out better. Um, so, but now they'll never know. I know I, I had the, I have, cause I'm, I thought more current, like what's happening right now. And I've had the 76ers just because mm-hmm. I think there's an insane amount of question marks on the team. You have Embiid's health. 
You have Fultz's personality, and then you have Simmons's health and personality. I think there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty, and you don't know how. I think if I'm a Sixers fan, I have a little bit of sadness because I don't really know exactly how this process is going to turn out. They're now being guided by a guy who did not create the process. I think if you add Hanky, you'd have more faith that this team was still going to be at the forefront of what they should be doing, and this team is, I think, going to be a little bit too conventional to follow through complete with the process, mm-hmm. especially by signing that. J.J. Redick to $23 million. I can, I can really dig what you're talking about, Mike. Uh, and then following the last, the very last one is Huck Muck. The confusion that comes from not from things not being in the right place, like when you've moved everything around while you're cleaning your house. Um, so for me, this is the Bulls. <clears throat> it just seems like everything's sort of out of place. Nothing like you know, none of the none of the parts exactly fit right, and it's just like they're just like cleaning up their house, but it's still a mess, you know. Yeah, it's real. It's really good. The the you trade. Jimmy Butler, but for some reason you give up a first-round pick in your own trade when you're yeah. getting rid of Jimmy Butler. You're drafting a guy, um, the seven-footer from Arizona, I forget his name now even, who it's like, yeah, like he's really tall and he can shoot threes, but he does nothing else. He doesn't play defense. They have three point guards right now that are young guys that none of them are that good with Cameron Payne and Chris Dunn, and I know there's someone else in the mix too. It's – it that that is true. They are definitely hunk mucking it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it, Mike. So we can tie a bow on it, brother. That was a great way to spend the afternoon. Yeah, thank you for uh, joining me on the. Thanks Blue for Guys having podcast. me, Mike. This has been great, man. <laughs> um, find us on iTunes. If we get a hundred ratings, we will drink the drink of your choice, probably the Cyclone or the Alan Crab cocktail. Um, find us at netsdaily.com, Almighty Baller Radio. Twitter at BK Glue Guys, Facebook at the Glue Guys. I don't know if you at people on Facebook, but why not? Um, and Brian, Mike, we'll be back with more podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So this is, I mean, obviously we're we're in the middle of a pretty pretty long dry spell in the season, but you know we're gonna get back into it. Never fear, everybody. The Glue Guys are here. <laughs> nice, nice, Mike. Right. Um, okay, bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. 